Hi everyone, welcome to She Brigade, the podcast. I'm very excited because this is our first episode that we're recording. And with me today, I have the lovely Tavello Kutwani, also known as Bells Kutwani on Instagram. <laughs> so I actually first, um, I found out about you on Instagram. And I've been following you for probably like a year now or so. I love what you do and everything. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, where you put up, there was this hashtag going around called hashtag Gram Sham. Yes, yes. And you put up a post, a very long post um, on that hashtag. And, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my goodness, why? I've been following you for so long. Why, do not, why don't I know the story? Yeah. Like, it's beautiful. It's inspiring. I can't believe it, you know. Mm. And I'm like, there's just so much more to you. And that's kind of where I was like, I actually need to get to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so today we're just going to be talking about, um, I, just want you, I just want you to take us through your life story what you've kind of overcome to get to where you are. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to start my life story from where I remember. Because <laughs> I don't obviously remember the earliest years of my life. Um, but uh, there's, there's significant point, points of my life that I remember. So I grew up in Joburg predominantly. But um, my dad worked all over Africa. So two years of my life I spent in Zimbabwe, two years of my life I spent in Lesotho. And then um, oh. we did a year in Kenya, then back to Zim, and then back to Joburg full-time so that I could start grade one. Yeah, and, and varsity is where like, the bulk of my life starts because the only varsity memory I have is, is my son because I had him in my first year. Um, so I don't know what happened, but <laughs> I suppose I was just in this new environment where there were no teachers, where there was, you know, my parents mm. were also very liberal because they're like, you're old now. So I didn't have the strict curfews that I had in high school. Um, do you mind me asking, where did you go to varsity? Uh, I went to UJ. Okay. I went to UJ. And so, you know, my mom, I stayed with my mom at the time. So she, she was less strict. She was more understanding of the varsity life. Mm. And yeah, maybe that's where she let things go a bit. <laughs> met some people, got to know some people, met Amo's dad um, while I was in varsity. And, um, and, and I had Amo in, at the end of my first year. So just the big memories that I have of him was uh, obviously finding out that I was pregnant, which was very devastating uh, for me at the time. And um, the, the, the most the biggest part I remember of the pregnancy was deciding whether I should, you know, have the baby or have an abortion. And, you know, the week that I had made the decision that, okay, this week, I hadn't made a decision, but I'd made a decision to educate myself mm. about, you know, the the ills of, of, an, of an abortion. Because the one thing I knew, though, was that I didn't want to do it backstreet because I had yeah. horror stories of, of, of those failing and I didn't want to have to deal with the embarrassment of, doing a backdoor, then my mom finding out, you know, um, after having to rush me off to hospital because I can't stop bleeding or whatever the case was. So I had made the decision that from, like, next week onwards, I'm going to go to clinics, going to educate myself and, you know, literally go everywhere where I don't need paper trails. So I was going to go to a government clinic because if I went to private, they were going to ask for my, you know, medical, um, well, my mom's medical aid and whatever. So I knew that clinics were free. Um, so the, the day before I made the decision to, 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 to go educate myself, I remember seeing, it was a program though. I don't remember what it was. Um, I want to say it was days of our lives, but it probably wasn't. But I remember seeing something on TV and the girl at the time was 
going on about how she's pregnant and she doesn't know what to do and um someone made an analogy i think that's where i first got the quote that um um they thought they tried they tried to bury us but they didn't know we were seeds. yeah Something yeah like i know that, that. yeah I know so that you know when i listened to that i was like you know i i can't get rid of this baby this could be my seed you know um this could grow into something beautiful so the only way i'm going to find out if this is going to work is if i just have this baby and figure it out mm. i'm 18 at the time sorry 19 i'm 19 at the time very confusing um uh the father was you know however very supportive considering that he was he was 23 he just started working so everything was new for him he had gotten out of varsity first job i had gotten out of high school i'm now in varsity so we found ourselves being very very new to our environments and now we have to introduce the baby into us not knowing ourselves essentially um i found out in four months by the way so um that plays a big role in in me trying to find out oh my goodness do i have enough time to consider the options that are available to me or 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 do i not uh so yeah um my mom found out at six months and the first thing she had said to me was do you want to carry on with school and i thought oh my goodness the only time i have to to do the school thing is right now while my parents are alive and while they can afford to pay for my school fees if i hold off on this and decide that I'm going to have a baby and pursue school at a later stage. I might not get the opportunity to pursue mm. school. So I need to do it right now while, you know, my mom is still in a position to pay for school fees. Because well, I actually don't know can what will happen. Exactly. Mm. So I did my calculations and I and I saw that our, uh, my son was due to be born in December. So I was like, you know what, that works out perfectly because that will be the end of um, exams, which end in November. And December will be school holidays, and then I'll have a month to look after him. Mm. Um, and then in February, I'll start my second year. Obviously very challenging, wrote exams, but the lecturers were very supportive. My classmates were very supportive. I don't know if they were supportive because, like, I don't know, pregnancy was something very new to us all, you know. So so they really, everyone really treated me like an egg. Everyone around me made sure that I always had notes on time. If I couldn't get to, to lectures because I was sick, uh, people made sure that they would call me and share notes with me and you know photocopy the material for me so I really had a really great support system at varsity I think that's one of the things that a lot students. of people suffer with um fast forward to when he was then born he was born in in, in January early January and not in December so that was the first like yeah <laughs> that was the first confusion because all my plans were around him being born in December so he was born a week late in January and, um, you know, obviously very difficult going back into, into the school life. Well, I'm, I'm thinner now, so it's amazing. <laughs> I got back to school and I had gotten rid of the big belly, so it was very awesome. Um, and then um, I'm fast forwarding specifically to that first June exam um, in, 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 in 2000 and when was it? 2010. Uh, yeah, he was born in 2010. So that first June exam was the most challenging time for me because I was like, I, I have brought on a child into the family, uh, unplanned child. My mom, this is still very new to her, still very new to me. But here we are faced with exams. What am I going to do? Um, if I abandon these exams, it means that I'm abandoning my second year, meaning that I'll only be able to write the specific set of exams next year. So I may yeah. as well leave the whole year um furthermore there were there were modules that i needed 
to pass first semester in order to do them in second semester. So I couldn't afford to block myself off in first semester. Um, and that was when, like, my family really pulled through for me, you know, the, the, the one night I was just like, there's no ways I'm going to do this. I'd already made the decision that I'm going to write the sick exam. I'm not going to make it for the original exam. But that was obviously going to have a ripple effect. And that night my mom came into the room. I was crying. The baby was crying. She was crying. We were all a mess, mm. you know. And she literally just took um, my son and she was like, we're going to your aunt's house, you know, um, because we need you to study. And I felt bad because I was like, you can't go to my aunt's house in the middle of the night. What is she going to say? You know, she also stays with her husband and kids. Now here you are at 2 a.m. making it look like you got kicked out of your own house with my <laughs> child, you know. Um, and, and, and that's when I really learned that I my mom is really in my corner. Uh, that's, that's when I knew and took on life with a different perspective that I know I'll be able to achieve anything because this woman who literally could have just been like, you know what, I wasn't there, so figure it out, didn't turn her back on me. And for me... Before telling her about my pregnancy, that was one of the things I feared the most. I was like, I can't tell her because she's not going to speak to me for the rest of her life. Um, I'm supposed to be the golden child. I'm the firstborn. I should set an example for my for my two younger brothers. How am I now going to set an example if, if I'm the one to have failed in my first few months of varsity? Um, she did take the baby. They went to my aunt's house. I studied crying for that exam. Studied crying and... and, and, and um, came out with a 50% for that particular exam. I didn't think I'd pass. And yeah, I took it from there and just soared through second year, third year, and then I had a relapse in fourth year. Everything was just so hectic. I felt like I wasn't making enough time for myself, for my son, for my family, for my friends, for my relationship at the time. Um, I also had um, jobs on the side. I was doing retail. Because I was always very adamant about the fact that I never want to ask my mom for airtime. I never want to ask her for a pair of shoes because she's already doing so much for me and feeding an extra mouth that she didn't plan for. So I worked throughout my varsity life. I did retail and promotions. So all of that came, came, came crashing down on me. And I really think that the, 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 the postpartum depression came only three years later. Like literally then because i switched off for at least two weeks for two weeks i did i I did not i don't remember bathing i don't remember waking up i don't remember what i was doing i was at a friend's house specifically because i wanted to start preparing for exams i was at a friend's house and you know she was also doing her own thing so she didn't even notice that I, i i couldn't function you know and um it then it then led to me failing my final year exams two of them that i had to redo the following year so that took my degree from four years to five years. And, you know, I found myself blaming, I found I found to blame myself a lot and thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I've been given a second chance at life and here I am ruining it and, you know, uh, just not caring about school, not caring about myself, not caring about my son. What am I doing? Wasting money. And that was one of the things that, that, that you know that scared me a lot because my mom was like you know what i'm going to pay for you to do your your final year but this is literally the only year i can afford because next year your brother also needs to start varsity and 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 the way i had worked it out is that you'd be done by the time he starts so that i don't have to pay for two kids in varsity you know so those were some of the challenging things 
but the 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 thing that I can relate to those two weeks was was something that had been going on in my life for a very long time. So, although unofficially diagnosed, I think in in my past uh, with my parents' divorce and everything, I have battled symptoms of depression. You know, although I've never gone into it, I did have a counselor during my pregnancy who was um who was the the UJ based psychologist or whatever. So that was a free service. But I think I I've never gotten to a point where um. I tell myself that I'm ready to deal with, you know, the childhood depression that I brought to later in my life because I I I have this this period in, my, in random periods in my life where I just disengage completely and 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 I go into this hole and I can't get myself out of it. And for me it's been fun, you know, like I term it like, oh no friend, don't speak to me, I'm depressed, you know. So for me it's been one of those things that I try to make light of the issue because if I have to tackle it then I have to deal with it and if I have to deal with my demons then what does that mean for who I am today um so those are they they these trigger events to these things like whenever I feel that I don't have control over my life then I seep into that darkness that I haven't been able to deal with till this day and um yeah so that is literally my background life to to parts of who I am today jeez <laughs> that, that is tell us a bit about yourself. <laughs> wow, I like <laughs> those I'm, are the big things that I that obviously ha- built my character. Yeah, yeah have shaped the, you to become who you are today. So I'm obviously not discussing everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm like overwhelmed because <laughs> you know I don't know what to expect. And yeah. wow, no, yeah. that's that's an amazing story. Uh, okay, so I want to talk about. You have three businesses. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that I know of. I don't know if you have other things going on. I need but... to I need to get that like I, I need to have a clear cut path for that because um each avenue represents something different. Mm, yeah. They're completely different yeah. because um your first business is called Bring in Network. First business is called Collective Intelligence. Oh, yes. okay. Apologies. When I decided I'm leaving corporate and I'm going to start a company, that was the baby. That was Collective yeah. Intelligence. So tell us about it. Why did you start it and kind of like what's the aim? What does it aim to do? Okay, so um, picking up from eventually finishing my degree after failing dismally my fourth year, <laughs> um, I started uh, looking for articles. I found articles at, at, at a small firm. And I started, and during the sixth month, I just had a personality clash with with the woman I was working with, who happened to also be the directors. So I had a personality clash with the highest order of of the firm. <laughs> so um, it forced me to resign, and you know I spent the rest of the year wallowing in depression, um, because it was very difficult for me to find articles. I had I had imagined that it would be such a smooth transition that I'm gonna leave this job, and then two weeks later I'm gonna start another job. So I won't have to tell my mom that I've left work. I'm just going to tell her I'm on leave. And then the leave didn't end. And I started getting more and more depressed. And like literally running away from home. Because I went to go stay with a friend. I was like, you know, I just closer to work. Mm. So let me go stay with a friend. Um, And then in sometime in November, she calls. I don't know why she called the landline for where I was working. Because she couldn't get hold of me. And the lady was like, no, the battle stopped oh. working in June. <laughs> What do you mean? Which one? Oh, no. Maybe there's two tabellos in the company. Uh, 
and I remember my mom calling me and saying, "Wanak okokai," and I'm like, "Oh, I I'm at lunch." She's like, "Oh, okay." Um, I tried calling you at the office, and they they said you haven't been working since June. So, so why are you at lunch right now? Like, where do you get money for lunch? And I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is so bad." Um, she didn't speak to me for two weeks, and. I think the main reason I I've never asked her why she stopped talking to me. I'm not interested. I was just happy that eventually she came around. But I think the main reason was the betrayal that we'd been through so much together. Mm-hmm. And here I am not being able to tell her that my first job these are the challenges I'm facing and can I get advice cuz yeah. throughout my pregnancy and throughout um my child's first first years she was the person I was getting advice Your go-to. from. She was my go-to person for literally everything: mm. relationship advice, school advice. Um, this is where I want to work. What do you think of this? This this is how my applications are going. You know, so now this big thing happens, and I don't tell her about it, and that betrayal. Um. So anyway, the 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 two weeks leave turned into six months, turned into my mom finding out, and I eventually then started my articles. Um, the following year, January, and it was a clean slate, and I completed the two years. But throughout those two years the the most challenging thing was being a black female in 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 the legal profession and that was such a huge knock on everything i had come to believe in because you know when 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 i went to um Crawford i'd come to believe in a rainbow nation concept i'd come to believe that you know i sleep over at Amy's house and her parents are welcoming of me and in the morning we have pancakes and we watch movies and you know there's mm. this like coexistence rainbow nation principles going on so when i got to work it was it was shock and horror you know it was a, a reality check it it was a rude awakening if i can call it that because at the top was white males you well, well yeah white males so i call it male and pale and 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 they were obviously <laughs> very much into into the the, the traditional way of doing things mm. um they were still very much into luring clients through them just being white. Um, they were still very much, you know, traditional, you know, traditional, if I can say. So it, how I always pictured it is that things worked out in high school when I was at Amy's house because I didn't have to deal with white, with her dad, for example, on a full-time basis. Whereas now at the office, it's just her dad I'm dealing with. And who is her dad? Her dad is a product of apartheid. So obviously <laughs> he only knows that blacks are inferior and now black female even worse. So I found a lot of that pushback. It was, um, I remember one day waking up, um, cause articles is two years. I remember towards the end of January, I woke up one day and I was like, wow, 23 months of this, how am I going to survive? Jeez. Cause I picked up on it in the first week. In the first week, um, I, I had done research and my, my boss at the time had asked me to do research and then two weeks later when I asked for a follow-up my boss was like no man um, we've had to abandon that case I don't think it was going to make money um, towards the end of that week I then see my same research on someone else's desk someone I started with we started together on the same day um, This this the issue I had in particular was that she still had two more modules to do before completing her degree. Um, so she still had two more modules at Junisa. But she now takes the matter that I did research to, and she gets to go with my boss to court. So she gets to have the full experience yeah. of, of inception. Well, not even inception, because I had done the research. And then she got to do the court work 
and towards the end of the year that came to be one of the biggest matters the firm had to do at the time so i got closed out of one of the biggest you know matters then in my second year there was an incident where um somehow the firm managed to get a very big client and they were black and um i remember because i did a rotation so my second boss at the time had had emailed me saying that she needs me for a meeting on monday morning blah 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 and when i arrived at the meeting she came to 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 meet me um at the door you know and she's like what are you doing here and i was like i've come for the meeting and she's like no no there is no meeting i'm like yeah but you send me a calendar invite and a follow-up email on friday and i said i'd be here and she's like no i must have sent it to the wrong person i meant um then she said the person's name who 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 the only common thing of our name was that both our names started with a t i managed to look into the boardroom and i see that it was only white clients in there so i think when she realized that the black client would be sending the white people that work for the black client she then decided that she doesn't need a black person in the meeting anymore <laughs> that is how real things got to there um she then decided that she doesn't need a, a black person anymore for the meeting so then she then took yes <laughs> she, she the, the, the token base she then took you know my white colleague who at the time was actually new to the firm she'd only been there for three years i'd been for three months sorry i'd been there for a year before her and that's when I was like, hell no, there, there is no ways I can continue like this. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of my second year, they also seemed to be working black people out of the system. Um, and I just realized, I was like, there's, there's nothing that I've done wrong based on merit. I've never submitted a piece of work where someone was like, this is, you know, this is bull. Go, go and redo this and, and submit something proper. And when that did happen, I always used to, you know, um, take it with a pinch of salt because it meant that this is something that literally has to do with merit and and not um, and not the color of my skin. If 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 I'm asked to do legal research and I don't produce proper legal research, then that's based on merit. But if yeah. I'm asked to come to a meeting because you think there'll be black clients there or black people and there aren't any, and then you change your mind about me partaking in the meeting, then that's not based on merit. Um, so I then decided that, uh, I'm going to leave corporate in this entirety because wherever I go, I'm going to, you know, meet the same kind of ball. So, uh, that's when I decided, um, November, November before starting my company, I was like, I'm going to start a company and this is what I'm going to do. At the beginning, I didn't have direction. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to, um, register trademarks because that's something that I knew I can do easily. Mm. And then um, I literally remember 8th of December, I woke up and I'm like, today when I get to work, I'm going to look into registering a company. I didn't know the process. So like Google is your friend. Yeah. And I did all of that. And I was like, do I really, do I have enough money to start a business? No, I don't. So what am I going to do? Um, come January, my contract was ending in January. Um, uh, come January, I was like, I've been applying for jobs and nothing has come of it so what is the actual step into starting a company i was like what do i need i've never owned a laptop so i was like oh my goodness i need to buy a laptop so i used december salary to buy a laptop at the beginning of january and then afterwards i was like what will make me look credible and i was like oh i already have a company name website 
um, I used part of that website, um, well, part of that series, sorry, to then start up a website because I was like, this will like, make me look, you know, incredible. Mm-hmm. And then I had an angel investor as well who was like, okay, write me a list of everything that you need to get this company up and running and I will see if I can meet you halfway. <laughs> wow. So I wrote a list of everything I need and uh, luckily the in- investor managed to give me a portion and, and that helped me get office space. I, I wanted an address I wanted a landline I wanted someone to be able to answer the phone when I'm not able to to take a message for me so I wanted the the feel of a company on a budget um, and yeah I've never looked back since then collective intelligence is here um, legal solutions and advice for small companies small to medium-sized companies and how long have you been operating commercial two years now two years now yeah. Can't be easy. (laughs) (laughs) It is very difficult. Um, but the one thing that I always try to drive is that if you're going to start a business and it's purely about the money, you are wasting your time. Yes, there is no money in entrepreneurship. Mm. There is passion. There is lonely nights. There is desperate nights. There is desperate days. There is days where you just like I don't even know why I ever thought I would be able to pull something off like this. Mm. There's days where you question yourself. I promise you, every single client I've had since day one, every time I'm about to meet someone, I'm like, am I even qualified for this? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> even though I know exactly what kind of advice they need, yeah, I'm always like, what if, what if, what if I end up speaking a whole lot of garbage? Imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome. <laughs> we suffer which, a lot from that as well. Which, when I learned yes. the name when reading Lean In, I was like, oh yes. my gosh, this is a real thing. Like, people go through this. People. <laughs> think they can't lean into you know the platforms that they're given because people are going to think they're frauds and that's that that has been me my whole life about everything that you know everything that i've ever set out to do imposter syndrome creeps in and and, and literally (laughs) cripples me yeah so collective intelligence the first baby and inside of collective intelligence i was like oh hell no why is everything so expensive like every single um um, what is this networking event I had seen on Twitter? I had to pay four fifty or five hundred. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> I have office space to pay for. I have data to pay for. Cause like nothing's ever been more shocking than working in a place where you've got Wi Fi full time to going solo and realizing that yeah. you you will spend a grand on 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 just data and airtime running a business. You will spend up to two grand on just that. You know, so that was a rude awakening. And I was like, so I've got all these overhead costs to keep my business running and now I must still pay to meet people. Um, and that's when I decided, okay, um, I tweeted and I was like, guys, can't we have a networking session where we all bring our own food and just agree to meet somewhere and network? And everyone was like, oh yeah, wonderful, wonderful. You know, um, once you get this platform going, let us know and we'll come. And then in October last year, I did the first um, event, which was a ladies networking um, champagne. And the concept was the same. Everyone brings a dish and ladies from all walks of life meet. And it was a success. Wow. And it was free. And everybody prepared something. And those who couldn't got dessert from Woolies. And, you know, I, I uh, everyone brought a bottle of champagne or their, bub- their, their preferred bubbly. And it worked out beautifully and there were people left with each other's business cards people collaborated afterwards i also managed to collaborate with a few ladies who were in attendance 
And it worked beautifully minus the 450. I've never heard of anything <laughs> like that. And that sounds amazing. It's like, why haven't you been doing this? Yes. And then um, when, when, when I saw that, um, that the, the event managed to pick up momentum in, in, in October, I then did a charity um, drive. It was bring, bring a toy, I think it was, um, Santa shoebox. So the idea was that we all put together toys. Everyone puts together a, a shoebox of, of toys for children aged 0 to 16. And then we took we took this to an orphanage, but the root of it as well, the, the, it was centered around networking. So I got different um, ladies and gents. It was, it was such a great turnout. I, I got ladies and gents to meet at the home. And then in the beginning, we did the networking portion of it. Like, oh, okay, I'm Belo, I'm the Belo, this is what I do. And um, this is what I've brought. It's for a 16-year-old child and blah, 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 blah. So that was also the networking aspect. Oh, wow. And then when I saw that, oh my goodness, I can actually run my passion through Bring a Network, let me continue with it. Um, I then started rolling out different charity events under that. So it has literally come to Bring a Network being about the core is meeting new people, networking, but um, the, the other you know, supporting objective of it is giving back to the community. Yeah. So let me create a platform for millennium, millennials to meet each other, speak about their careers, speak about their businesses, speak about, you know, how difficult it is being a mother or a father. Let's speak about that, but let's give back to the community. Because for people, it's always very difficult to let me collect blankets and go give them to a home. But if 10 of us come together with the sole objective of collecting blankets and we don't know each other and we're going to meet at the home for the first time, then we've done both. We've networked and we've given back to the community. And wow. that's how Bring a Network came about. <laughs> wow, amazing. And tell me about sister-in-law. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, sister... Let me just have some water. Sister-in-law. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, sister-in-law was a hobby. It was something for fun. It was something that um, made me realize that I am not doing enough. What can I do to actually just get women to speak or get women to be empowered or, you know, get women to move from, you know, self-imprisonment. Because mm -hmm. if you don't know, what's the saying? When you know better, you do better. Yes. So if you don't know that you have certain rights, how are you going to apply them? How are you going to implement them into your everyday living? And one thing I like to say all the time is that there is actually nothing that you're doing as a woman that doesn't need you to know some parts of the law. The first thing you do when you wake up is you brush your teeth. What are you doing? You're using water. There are laws that regulate water usage. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> then you get into your car, you're going to work. What are you doing? You're getting on the road and there are there laws are those. that regulate the law. Mm. Well, the road. And then you get to your office and what's at the office? Employment equity law. There are laws that regulate what you're doing. You know, there are laws that regulate what you're buying. When you're dropping your kids off at work, at school. Like, I realize that everything you do as a woman needs you to know one basic thing about, you know, the law relating to that. So how am I going to use this to, impact, to, to make women empower themselves? Especially issues surrounding divorce, maintenance, custody, um insurance uh succession so law of succession what happens if my husband dies or if my father dies who actually gets to inherit this rightfully if there's no will so topics like that were topics that women would it was generally women 
would ask me on, on, on collective intelligence email. And I thought, I don't want to merge the two. I don't want to lose the, you know, the, the essence of, of, of what collective intelligence mm. is about. That is for empowering small businesses. That is everything you need to know that's legal before you start your business. That's commercial. How am I going to branch into family law without marrying the two? Mm. Although the two are starting to sort of, you know, blurred line because I'm the, I'm the center role. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the thread between the two. And then sister-in-law was born one night I couldn't sleep and I was like, I've been thinking about, you know, putting this together for so long, but how am I going to do it? Am I going to write articles and share on my personal Instagram page or personal Twitter page or am I going to give it its own leg? And then 3 a.m., on I think it was the twenty eighth of May this year, excuse me, uh sister in law was born, all the pages were open and I started posting and you know, people started engaging because one of the things were, okay, post us your legal query basic legal query mm-hmm. and um we will provide you with a ba- with a basic legal solution and I'll anonymously post on my timeline for other sisters to learn. So the the core behind sister in law was that uh women with issues can can ask questions via DM or email. And then um, I anonymously post those questions and then um, post the answer as well. And the, the growth has been like tremendous and it's been overwhelming. And um, I remember when, 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 when Mbali contacted me, she was, she's the editor of True Love. She contacted me on the sister-in-law page. It was like five days old. Oh, wow. <laughs> like literally five days old. And she's like, hi. Um, what is this page about? What does it do? I'm like, no, it's a platform where you know we where where I want to empower women and educate them of their legal um with you know their basic legal mm-hmm. rights. And she's like, is it only directed at women? I'm like, yeah, for now, because a lot of women have been asking me through my business page about basic legal things that actually everyone needs to have access to. I don't need to charge a consultation for mm-hmm. the kind of things that these women want to know. And she was like, well, this is fantastic. So please, can we feature you in the August issue, you know, Women's Month issue? Yes, I and saw that. like, I literally <laughs> couldn't believe it. I was like, this page is five days old. How does someone discover this page in five days and think that it's so impactful that they need to share it with the rest of, like, South Africa? Wow. Literally, <laughs> literally the rest of South Africa. Yeah. And, um, you know, let it go for some time because... I, like, I didn't hear from her for a while. So I was like, oh, maybe it was just one of those conversation starters. And then a few weeks before the, 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 the issue went live, she then contacted me, asked me a few questions, and there I was. And from that article alone, I've, you know, I've seen the pages wow. progressively getting followers and, and, and the DMs that I get from women. Um, the best thing I think at the moment is receiving positive feedback. Like, oh, Tabello, thank you so much for ABC. I managed to implement this. Oh, Tabello, today I woke up, went to maintenance court. I didn't even know that, you know, I can get this much from this man. I'm not working. So this has been like a real game changer, a real life changer. Wow. And, and that positive feedback is all the affirmation I need. Okay, so just because we're running out of time, like I literally want to talk to you the whole day. <laughs> I literally want to be here. I want to talk to you I the whole day. I realize that I've got so much to say about everything. <laughs> like I've got so much to say about everything. <laughs> but okay, I'm gonna ask you three questions. Mm. If you can just give me a quick short answer. Mm. Um, the first is what message would you give to your younger self? Sure. Um, the second is what's the biggest lesson that you've learned in business specifically? Mm. And then the last is, where to from here? Oh, 
Okay, so okay. message to your younger self. A message to my younger self, literally relax. Everything is going to be all right. <laughs> That's like the toughest thing to hear. I am queen panic and I've been queen panic my whole life because mm. I've never known what next. Like literally I told you about my life moving 18 times. I've never known what next. So I've had this like carried over anxiety for the longest time in my life. So I need to tell my younger self, just relax. Everything will fall into place. Okay, and the biggest lesson that you've learned in business? Biggest lesson I've learned in business, um, who there there was there was a mistake that I made that set me back seventeen thousand rand in my Yo. first six months of <laughs> of operating, and it took took me like another nine months to pay that off, and the biggest mistake that I think I made was um. A forecast, a financial forecast that wasn't based on anything. So I imagined that I'd be able to pay off this debt from, you know, new clients. And that was the period in my life where literally for six months I had no new clients. And the existing clients were giving me instructions that were about 1.5 or 2 grand, you know. Mm. And that, as I already said, I needed that money to keep the business, you know, running on social media, like presence. So um, the biggest lesson I learned in business was uh, do not count your eggs before they hatch. Anything can happen. The conditions are so uncertain. Yeah. It's scary. And what's next? Where to from here? Oh, I don't know. But um, I, updated my, <laughs> <laughs> I updated my vision board saying I actually want um, Sustain Law to have wider reach. So the thing that I'm going to do focus on is giving talks around the issues that are important for women to know especially um, women about to get married single mothers uh, women who've just divorced women who've just lost parents or partners so the basic education around what do i do when my husband dies tomorrow morning after burying him what is the next thing i do you know um so i want to have wider reach i'm going to do workshops uh and hopefully maybe get like a monthly slot on on a radio station i think that's the best way to i, I would i would tune in <laughs> i'm tuning into the best way to to reach in uh to to reach out to women mm. across the board because people who don't have television have radio you know and if i can find myself on a radio station that that offers um um uh, vernac and english that would be really great because Vanek, I'm literally able to get into the rural communities, uh, which for me, access to, to the legal system is still a challenge. Like, mm-hmm. how do we get the woman who, who fetches water on a daily basis and has to cook outside? How do we get her rape issue from 16 years ago into court? Mm-hmm. You know, does she even know about that, that, that um, her, her, her claim hasn't prescribed? Does she even know that? Does she know what prescription means? Does she know how to get that offender that she lives with you know like because this guy's clearly roaming free in the rural area does she know that she can get him in jail 16 years later so um yeah that's why i'm saying i i I really feel that the best way to get into the homes of those women is 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 running a, a monthly educational show on radio on a radio station that gets into those homes so that's that's the biggest thing on my vision board at the moment nice I, I absolutely love that um, like i said like i can talk to you all day i feel like there's so much more <laughs> there is, there to is. unpack um, but you know I'm, but, gonna, I'm gonna try to sort of like keep 
keep people updated on my social media mm. pages because that, that's exactly how you and I met. There exactly. Is, there is yes, someone inspired. Yes. There is someone who, who will tune in. There is someone who will be like, you know what, this is someone I can mm. use for ABC. Exactly. There is someone who will say, let's take this workshop into the rural areas. And, and just mention, please just uh, tell us what your social media page is. So your personal Instagram is bells underscore kutuane. So that's yes. B-E-L-L-Z underscore yeah. K-U-T-O-A-N-E. Correct. And collective intelligence. Um, the Instagram handle for that will would it's be collective intelligence underscore sa. Uh, sister in law. Is sister. Um, that's s i s t e r underscore in underscore law underscore. Okay, <laughs> and then bring a network. Is uh bring underscore n underscore network. Okay, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah there you have it guys thank you, thank you thank so much you for joining me. us today thank you so much your thank story you. was actually so amazing thank you I, I feel like i got so much more than what i expected so awesome <laughs> i hope all the listeners out there are as inspired as i am right now thank you thank you so much for thank you so much and all the best for uh episode two, two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah definitely okay thanks <laughs>